stay at home and protect lives. That's the clear warning from the health secretary, Matt Hancock, who says it's not a request, but an instruction. I folks, quick update for me on the campaign against coronavirus. I want every American to be prepared for the hard days that lie ahead. Finding faster ways to test people who may have the virus. A quarter of a million workers face being stood down as the Victorian government prepares to put Melbourne into an induced economic coma in a bid to beat COVID. Hello and welcome to Corona Chronicles, SNS Online's spin-off show that continues to touch base with a wide variety of people from all walks of life to talk about how the current situation is impacting them both professionally and personally, as well as offering a cup full of cheer, some top tips, up-to-date stats, and most importantly, to touch virtual base with a cheery hello. And without the need for hand sanitizer, I'm Nick Randall. The Australian state of Victoria has recently been declared a state of disaster, with newly imposed lockdown measures in place after a surge in coronavirus infections. Under the new rules, residents of the state capital, Melbourne, are subject to a nighttime curfew, with possible further restrictions in the future. Australia has been more successful than many other countries in tackling COVID-19, but cases are rising in Victoria. The state, Australia's second most populous, now accounts for many of the country's new infections in recent weeks, prompting the return of lockdown restrictions back in early July. The new rules are intended to remain in place until at least the middle of September. Well, one of Melbourne's many residents, Brad Wolf, joins me on the line now. Welcome to the programme, Brad. As an individual, how are the current rules impacting your day-to-day life? And do you think these measures are appropriate, go too far, or perhaps not go far enough? Well, you know, my my day-to-day life wasn't impacted too much at first uh, because I had a home office situation set up and what basically happened was they said, right, whoever can work from home, work from home. Um, and I think there was almost with everyone that was in that situation, it was like, oh, well, this is sort of like a little adventure, you know, yay, mm. working from home. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, it, it didn't really have any much of an impact at all um, for a sure. while. But I think a lot, a lot of people got pretty sick of it pretty quickly. Um and in terms of the current measures, I think it's absolutely necessary. It's it's a shame um, that it's sort of come to this point because we were doing so well, and yeah. it's just absolutely crazy. It's just exploded and and really turned for the worse, sadly. So, what's the mood like on the ground then? Have you been speaking to other locals? Or how are they coping? It's it's a bit hard. You can only really tell the mood, I guess, from social media, which um, is mm. for better or worse, really. Um, and from social media, there, there are a lot of people that are not coping uh, and that are really angry um, about it. Uh, most people are, I think. I think most people are really just prepared to do what needs to be done. And most people are so sick of it now that if, if it takes wearing a mask and staying home for a while and even more so. Um, I think people are really just ready to do that. Um, but then you've got a lot of people who are really angry that it's become so much worse. There's a lot of people putting fingers and, and blaming. Uh, and also <laughs> lots and lots of conspiracy theories, which are doing my head. And that's one of the worst <laughs> thing that that's one of the worst thing, actually, that the impact on my day to day life is, is I'm, I have to switch off and I've had to unfollow people that are friends, um, you know, that I'm really disappointed in who are just sharing absolute nonsense from YouTube and, and, and conspiracy theories. So yeah. Well, YouTube is where you get your your impartial news from, of course. <laughs> Not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and speaking of news, I mean, the worst part too is that um, you know we have unfortunately got a huge. Uh, 
I will say it. We have a huge Murdoch media presence in this country and uh, they are very right wing and pro government. And Victoria has a, a left wing Labour government. And so you can just imagine they are absolutely going to town on tearing this this government and this premier, Daniel Andrews, apart. Um, you know, and sure, th- there's been some huge stuff ups and have put us in this situation. But there were also stuff ups interstate with other situations, such as in New South Wales, there was a, a uh, one of those floating holiday cruises, the Ruby Princess that came in and um, it was actually riddled with coronavirus and people just walked off and went into the community and, and that was early on. And, and there was a massive, that was a massive scandal and, and the media didn't go quite as, as hard on that. Because they had a, a right-wing government. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, on a general level, why do you think Melbourne's outbreak has worsened recently? I mean, there have been failures, apparently, in hotel quarantine. There's been blames of staff guarding people who are supposed to be quarantined and uh, workers sharing cigarette lighter or carpooling or sex between guards and quarantine travellers. <laughs> also, allegations of yep. poor messaging uh, to non-English-speaking communities. You know, there are hotspots in Melbourne's north and west, I think, are home to large migrant communities. Yeah, I mean, there's several uh, potential reasons. Um, the main one at the moment that's that's getting a lot of airtime that you mentioned is, is the hotel incident. So like sure. most places in the world, we, we quarantine travellers coming back. Now, um, other states in Australia that have in place, they actually took up the federal government um, offer of the army to use, to use army troops. Some states use police troops. Um, Victoria went with using private security guards. What actually happened was... Uh, <laughs> Quite scandalously, it is. Uh, a lot of the security guards were hooking up with the return travellers, um, <laughs> and uh, and not and not just straight. Apparently, I've heard some friends who have talked about grinder and scruff getting a good workout, um, and and then they would go back to. I shouldn't laugh; it's terrible. They, no, but, um, it is. But they, it, yeah. they would they would go back to the communities and and then um, go home, and the virus would spread. Mm. Uh, so that was uh, that's probably the main thing at the moment. There's there's other things as well. I think um, a lot of my friends overseas were just completely surprised that when this all started, nobody in Australia. Was was wearing masks it really took a long time for that to take on yes. uh, and now it's compulsory of course and yeah there, there is uh there's pockets of it and a lot of those have been linked to certain sort of communities and, and what you'd probably possibly call ghettoized sort of ethnicity communities and and I don't, I don't think that's necessarily completely fair either. So there's lots of um, there's lots of potential reasons. Um, and and then of course all the the right wingers are now also saying you know because recently we had the Black Lives Matter marches. Sure. And a lot of them are pointing their fingers at that, even though there's actually really been no proven cases come out of that. Mm. So um, look, I don't think anyone can say for absolutely certain what's going on. But I think also why it's exploded is that the main reason is that we did have a really good start controlling it, and we had restrictions in place. And yeah. then the minute the minute they started sort of loosening up slightly, mm. it was almost like most people were like, cool, it's over. <laughs> we yes. can go back to normal. And I think that really is the most fundamental reason why it exploded again, because people just immediately acted like nothing had happened. Right now, of course, we can't, you know, we've got a curfew in place and um, we have to we get fined if we, we get caught without a mask and we have to, we, the curfew is from 8 p.m. till 5 a.m., uh, and there's apparently is I don't I don't drive and I, I'm working from home, but there's this traffic um, testing everywhere and all that kind of stuff. So um, I think the problem was people got complacent after actually initially being quite good, uh, apart from the masks, people were doing quite well and and behaving, so to speak. And um, and then yeah, like people just became complacent and now it sort of bit us in the ass. Really, because yeah. looking now at the ABC News, Victoria records 17 coronavirus deaths on Australia's deadliest day, and that was just that was 10 hours ago from when we we're recording. Um, yep. Uh, were there any sort of issues with PPE? Because we had uh, a lot of that with like care homes not getting enough at the time and all the rest of it. Were you guys in a similar situation? 
I can't speak uh, with any great authority on it, but I know there is actually a bit of a uh, scandal at the moment because a lot of cases are coming out of, of care homes and mm. questions are being asked what's going on there, you know, and why uh, why is it spreading so much and, and you know, people haven't been looked after and, and all that kind of stuff. So that's a little bit of a scandal that's brewing as well. So there's a lot of passing the buck and blame passing going on at the moment between, because you got to remember, Australia has the two tiers of, of government. There's the federal government, which is at the moment the Liberal National Party, which is centre-right uh, with Prime Minister Scott Morrison and Victoria. Each state has their own local state government and houses um, Labour. And so there's a lot of, of passing the buck and blame shifting going on. Now, of course, you're actually originally from New Zealand. Now, New Zealand, I don't think, has had a case of uh, a new case of coronavirus for 100 days now. So obviously, you you know, you know, both places. Why do you think that is? Oh, well, they just immediately locked down. Um, they, they, their lockdown even was their lockdown was a stage four as well. But that was even more strict than we've got currently in Victoria. We're stage four right now. But even in New Zealand, they they couldn't even get Uber Eats. My God! <laughs> uh, so you know, it was it was that it was that strict in New Zealand. Uh, it's deliveries, KFC and McDonald's were closed. Apparently, when um, when stage four was lifted in New Zealand, uh, the the queues to KFC were just <laughs> incredible. Um, you know, so I think that's how New Zealand did so well, as they just immediately went very hard on focusing on elimination mm. as opposed to trying to control it. And and they've done a really good job so far. So, um, yeah, a bit jealous. But there's also this funny thing that sort of um, I've seen just appearing on social media in the last actually week or so where um, Australians are getting shitty at New Zealanders for being holier than thou and sort of patronising <laughs> because they've done so well and we're sort of struggling. So, yeah, but, you know, there's always been that rivalry. But it, always, it, it seems like comparing Australia to England, it's almost like bolting the, the, the uh, stable door after the horse has bolted. I mean, that, that is a viewpoint of a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. And and look, you know what, if, if you'd have asked me uh, which state in, in Australia was going to be the worst off and, and have this kind of outbreak, I would have said New South Wales, uh, because they're not forcing people to wear masks. They, you know, they, they've got protective measures in place, but it, it seems a little less strict than, than Victoria, even before we went to stage four. Mm-hmm. So that this has happened here. Um, obviously, personally, it's 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 frightening, but um, just I, I wouldn't have expected it. I thought we were doing so well. So it's yeah. been a shock. It has been a bit of a shock. Because, of course, Queensland has shut the New South Wales board hasn't they over the virus yeah and i think i think they had before and then they opened okay. it again and right. then new south wales has had a few more outbreaks recently but nothing as bad as here and so they've shut it again um i think um western australia has had their border shut for quite a while now and even to the point where we have this um obnoxious mining magnate who dips in and out of politics not because he actually seems to care about politics because he wants to just sort of influence you know policy mm-hmm. and he's so rich that he, he does that and so he's taking the, the western australian government to court to force them to open their borders um so it's clive palmer he's based in queensland so um he was the guy that was going to build titanic 2 by the way i don't know oh right yes of course <laughs> yeah <laughs> what happened um, to that? And, and i think I, uh i'm not I'm not sure but i think they um i think they've backed down on their, their legal challenge to wa at the moment um so it's 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 really strange it's so hard to talk about australia as one whole approach because we have different states and territories with different political of leanings course, and governments yeah. and, and measures and and um so it's it's yeah it's it's very strange and so borders will be shut and then open again and so at the moment victoria is a bit of a pariah and it's a shame as well it's it's a worry as well because um victoria is known as the food bowl of australia because we've got so much of a, a farming 
sort of industry and in rural areas as well. So, and there's been a lot of concerns about food shortages and how it's going to affect supply chains, not just for Victoria, but for around the country. So, mm. and there's a bit of a scandal recently because KFC was running short here as well. So. <laughs> In Australia, obviously, they announced uh, certain things would remain open, which was strange um, because in, in other places like New Zealand, um, like I said, Uber Eats was um, cancelled. But um, in England, for example, as, as you know, because I saw your delightful home attempt, but hairdressers were shut down. Um, yes. <laughs> but um, over here, they kept the hairdressers open and everything like that. Uber Eats is still going. But the other thing with it, it was just such an Australian thing, is that um, they specifically, specially announced that the Dan Murphy's bottle stores were going to be remaining open the whole way through, um, which, you know, lots of people are, which is so Australian because it's such a drinking uh, culture here. That's honestly the local off license, yeah. Oh, yeah, so Dan Murphy's is sort of the biggest chain. But it's not just Dan Murphy's, there's Liquorland, and all of them were announced that the, the liquor stores were allowed to be uh, remain open, <laughs> which is just so Australian. And But so many people are saying, oh, God, I'm just drinking my way through this. And the funny thing happened for me is that I've actually barely been drinking at all, which is really well, quite a positive go. side effect. That's yeah. brilliant. So I sort of thought, oh, God, it just goes to show how much alcohol is such a um, – social lubricant and anxiety crutch because mm. I'm not really seeing anyone, so I don't really feel the need yes, to drink. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so that's been a fascinating um, observation for me and, and obviously, um, you know, a, a positive benefit. Um, but I've been making up the calories in other ways with food. and. and oh, and, haven't we all, Ducky? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, on a general <laughs> level, how has this impacted you, your physical and mental well-being? And uh, I mean, are you hopeful that things will eventually improve? Look, they better because we've got summer coming up. And look, I don't want to be spending 40 degree days stuck inside. Well, quite, yeah. Um, yeah, no. And look, it's, to tell you the truth, I was fine. This is I've been working from home now since the end of March. So we're, we're over four months. And I was fine for most of it. As you know, I recently had a minor kidney operation as well. And, yeah. and even that didn't really dampen my spirits. And it was only really the last couple of weeks it started to really get to me. Um, you know, I've, I think it's also... It's just that I'm not I'm not being able to get out and walk to work and back again. And even though I'm I'm not, you know, I work so much anyway, as, as you know, um, I'm just going a little bit cabin feverish. At sure. Just, I mean, are you getting out yeah. at all? Are you allowed to uh, socially distance and, and, and have a pint like we, we're, we're allowed to at the moment in, in UK? Well, we, we, we started to. like We weren't for ages, and then they, they loosened up a bit. And like I say, that's when everyone went crazy. And, um, I mean, you asked as well about the mood on the ground. One thing that happened, which was really actually quite frustrating, and it happened to me personally too, is that you, uh, they announced that we're like we're going we're gonna to have a lockdown in 24 hours or 48 hours. And then everyone would go, right, let's all go out for one last party, one last drink, one last sort of meal. And, you know, you can understand why that would be. But at the mm. same time, it's like, you know, well, that's kind of defeating the point. Well, absolutely. Know, just because... Yeah, you know, so, um, but at the moment we can only go out for an hour a day for exercise and we have to, um, yeah, and we can go to the nearest supermarket or chemist if we have to, of course, uh, but only within five kilometers. Um, Okay. So are you getting out then just literally for a walk? And I mean, are, are the streets deserted? Fairly deserted. I went out today to the supermarket, went for a wander, um, you know, uh, only for an hour and, um, Mm. Pretty quiet, yeah. I mean, there's lots of people out and about just getting their essentials, but it's not like it normally is. No, not at all. And I think the other thing, too, is once 8 p.m. comes around, because I live next to a very, very busy, effectively, it's almost like a a highway, one of the big arterial roads, and it is so quiet at night. It's Mm. it's uncanny. It's weird. (laughs) Now, of course, you have been on our parents' show, SNS Online, because you are also a singer-songwriter as well, a musician. and. uh, 
I, I just wondered if you have been inspired during lockdown, like uh, some of the other artists we've had on the show, to either write a song or, or to, to create a sculpture or anything like that. Absolutely. So I've still been recording. I'm working on my fourth album at the moment, which um, I've been doing sort of remotely and in, in, in bits and pieces. I've also been writing lots of prose, which has been uh, really good. I think one thing is, just as an aside too, is that I think this has been a really, I won't say it's been a good opportunity because it's a bit grim, but yeah. I th- think this lockdown has forced a lot of people to really sort of, I don't know, I'm sounding a bit sort of zen here, but you know, mm. it's forced people to sort of slow down and, and look at their lives yeah, and, and absolutely. look, look in, in, inside themselves and, mm. and, and think and contemplate. And I think that's been one thing that's that's sort of almost a positive for this uh yeah. and for me I've, I've started writing a lot of prose because of that which is great um so i've been working on my memoir fantastic uh but also i i did um i did write a song called um it's called free to love but it brackets the quarantine song the quarantine song <laughs> the quarantine song and that came about um because i had a, a good mate who wanted to come over and drink when we were in our first sort of lockdown and um I messaged him and said, you know, I can't because we're social distancing. And then the way I messaged it, it actually rhymed. And then I picked up the guitar and started strumming and ended up writing this song. And it sort of took on a life of its own. And it's a, it's a sort of story about a, um, a couple who, um, they perhaps because of the lockdown, she, for some reason in my mind, it's a she, but she has realized that, you know, maybe she's actually not in love with him and she's sort of using the lockdown as an excuse to, to keep him away and, and slowly break up with him. So it's, it's just sort of mm. a, a breakup ballad. Um, and it's <laughs> sort of reflecting, uh, it's a reflecting on whether um, the sickness is actually outside or she's locked it in with her. So, oh, that's um, very deep. Oh, yeah. I love that. Well, let's, uh, let's yeah, play so, out. Um, uh, we'll be playing out at the end of the, the program, but we'll have a little blast now. Brad Wolf, uh, thank you so much for uh, your contribution today and uh, hang in there. Thank you. Will do. You want to come over? Say where the distancing God knows I don't know where You have been at the best of times You wanna come hang with me Hear what I've been thinking I know you're just desperate And been drinking You say you'll bring the wines Not sure I'm locking the sickness out or locking it in. It's something that I've been thinking about before this began. So my heart can start to heal again. I'm putting you in quarantine so that I can start to feel again and be free. Free to Love, the quarantine song by Brad Wolf. And we'll be hearing more of that later. And now it's time for the latest world news relating to the pandemic, dated Sunday the 9th of August, as we're recording. The Australian state of Victoria has recorded 394 new coronavirus cases and 17 deaths, the highest number of people to die from the disease in a single day in Australia since the pandemic began. Australia's previous highly daily death toll of 15 deaths was recorded just four days ago. Shortly after today's announcement, police issued 27 fines and arrested six people at an anti-mask protest at State Parliament Melbourne CBD. 
In the past day, Victoria Police have issued 268 fines for coronavirus breaches, including 38 for failing to wear a face covering and 77 for breaching curfew. In the UK, headteachers have criticised the Prime Minister Boris Johnson after he said there was a moral duty to get all children in England back into schools next month. Mr Johnson said the issue was a national priority, but the General Secretary of the Association of School and College Leaders, Jeff Barton, said that should have been the case right from the beginning of the pandemic. The Shadow Education Secretary, Kate Green, has called upon the government to support schools more and deny that teaching unions were pitting themselves against the government. New Zealand has warned against complacency as it reached 100 days since the last domestic case of coronavirus. The Pacific Island nation has returned to pre-pandemic life, with people attending sports stadiums and eating out in restaurants, but warned its 5 million residents against lowering their guard, as it observes how neighbouring countries such as Australia and Vietnam are suffering surges once more. Achieving 100 days without community transmission is a significant milestone. However, as we all know, we can't afford to be complacent, Dr Ashley Bloomfield, the Director General of Health, said. We have seen overseas how quickly the virus can re-emerge and spread in places where it was previously under control, and we need to be prepared to quickly stamp out any future cases in New Zealand. Brazil has recorded more than 100,000 deaths linked to COVID-19, the world's second highest figure, as the outbreak in the country shows no sign of easing. The virus killed 50,000 people in three months, but that number doubled in just 50 days. There have been more than 3 million confirmed cases so far. And back in the UK, up to 750,000 unused coronavirus testing kits are being recalled due to safety concerns. The UK Medicines and Healthcare Products Regulator asked Randox to recall the kits sent out to care homes and individuals. The government said it was a precautionary measure and the risk to safety was low. It comes weeks after the health secretary said Randox kits should not be used until further notice. Face coverings have become mandatory in more indoor settings in England and Scotland, following a recent spike in coronavirus cases. Places where coverings must now be worn in both countries include museums, places of worship and aquariums. Other new settings in England include cinemas and funeral homes, and in Scotland, banks and beauty salons. Coverings will also become compulsory in all public enclosed spaces in Northern Ireland from tomorrow. NHS England has announced it is to end the deal that gave it access to more than 90% of private hospitals' beds, staff and equipment. When the pandemic hit, the Health Secretary, Matt Hancock, struck a deal, giving it access to the majority of England's private sector capacity at cost price. Now local areas will instead pay for extra beds when they need them. Doctors' bodies have stressed the need to make sure the NHS can access beds, with millions waiting for treatment. NHS England acknowledged it would need to keep using private hospital beds and staff in its efforts to get the health service back to normal. However, it plans to move towards local agreements with the private sector in what it describes as the next phase of the response to coronavirus. The number of people in England testing positive for coronavirus may be levelling off, according to a household survey by the Office for National Statistics. After allowing cases at the end of June, it estimated infections had risen slightly in July. Restrictions have been introduced in Preston and kept place in 18 other areas to control outbreaks. Public Health England said virus levels remain stable at a national level. And worldwide confirmed cases for coronavirus 19.7 million, with over 12 million recovered.
In the UK, total confirmed cases to date are 309,763, with 46,566 deaths. And finally, the ITV reality series I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here has to relocate from New South Wales to Old North Wales. ITV has confirmed the show will be switched from Australia to a UK castle in the countryside because of coronavirus. Football manager Harry Redknapp, the 2018 series winner, was quoted as saying he would have been less keen on doing the show in Wales. It's going to be very, very cold there, he said. And that's for news. Well, that's all for this week. If you want to email us about anything at all, then the address is coronachronicleshow at gmail.com. We play you out with more of a quarantine song by Brad Wolf. Until next week, from me, Nick Randall, goodbye. You say, are you mad? You don't seem yourself right now. I say you don't know me anyhow. That's when the fight begins. We each play our role, we've been at this point before You leave as you go, you slam the door It's always you who wins I'm not sure I'm locking the sickness out Or locking it in It's something that I've been thinking about Before this began So my heart can start to heal again I'm putting you in quarantine So that I can start to feel again And be 